0: Is that boy? Oh, good idea! Separate and look for clues. But I found! It's a stick! <laughs> now, what did you find? Yes, yes, I see. Time travel residue next to DNA from Wilbur Robinson.
1: That, plus my stick, must mean...
2: Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that puts the plus in Disney Plus. It's Talking the Mickey. My name's Ian.
1: My name's Ellie.
2: And I'm Ethan, and that's all we've got this week. Georgia had the nerve to call her shot on a film, and then go can't make it this week, guys. <laughs> 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 Not nah, just schedules got changed, and uh, we just couldn't get a situation where all four of us could get into the same space together. And uh, she seemed the busiest of, of, of a lot of us this week, um, so she just said, "Let's defer." And I thought that actually made a lot of sense. So uh, remind me when we get. So what's up, what are we doing next week? We're doing the same thing we said we were doing last week. Next week. <laughs> I don't know. Lots of last Surprise. week, a lot of time travel, which seems fitting paradoxes for this this week's uh, entry. So, um, a little bit of a shout out. A little bit of a shout out to our sister pod, best film ever, which hit five thousand downloads today.
1: Yeah, we hey. did.
2: Yeah, which is a, a it's, it's a big number. I got. We'll definitely wax more about it when we do when we record our American President episode on Tuesday, which at this point will be available now for all you lovely people. Hey. Right now. As people listen to this, they know who wins the election.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Talk
2: about, like, if, you, talk about if you had a time machine. Wouldn't you like to know? Or maybe you wouldn't. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> wow, who wins? I can't
0: believe that Kanye West won the election. Kanye West.
2: <laughs> <laughs> After all the troubles he was having early on, <laughs> we thought it was going to be that dinosaur, which links in nicely to today's film. But no, instead it was Kanye. <laughs> I welcome President Kanye's rule. Um. It's gonna be it's gonna be a Yeezy a Yeezy term. <laughs> President Yeezy, can you just imagine? Justin Trudeau is no longer the coolest guy in the room. President Trudeau, Prime Minister Trudeau is no longer the coolest guy <laughs> in the room. On that note, uh, where are we charting this week? We charted this week in Canada, in Brazil, 14th in Brazil this week, in fact. Hey. In Denmark, in Japan, in Switzerland, where we are 23rd currently. In Hong Kong, <laughs> where we're still <laughs> the top 20. Like every country, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And every week when it's Hong Kong, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> and then Taiwan. So we've done all right. I think. Uh, I think. I think we'll do. Uh, do we on that it? note, uh, we've had a couple of special bonus episodes over the last couple of weeks. Over at the Sister Pod, best film ever. Check out our Halloween episode on Scream, and of course, like we said, our special episode on uh, the American President, just in time for Election Day,
1: and our Julia Roberts roundtable, and our Julia
2: Roberts roundtable, edited by Ethan. Look at that. First time, and it my, was a load of fun. My plate got lighter. I appreciate that, buddy. <laughs> uh, also, on top of that, uh, just one shout-out really this week, and it's for Dwayne Smith.
1: Dwayne Smith.
2: Hey. <laughs> <laughs> the part of Georgia we played by both Ethan and Ellie this week. <laughs> yeah, because it wouldn't be – I was hoping we'd even talk about it. I'm like, I hope someone jumps in with the Dwayne Smith echo. So there we go. Uh, Dwayne Smith was letting us know that he was watching – oh, I don't even remember what he said he was watching. He told me he was watching something. It might have been Onward. I don't know. Said so he was watching something. I was like, cool. Thank you for that. Um, apparently it was enough to get a shout-out. Uh, that leaves us with Disney News. Ethan wants news news and noteworthy, in new and noteworthy in the Disney News area this week.
0: Yeah, we have only one piece of Disney News uh, currently and it is Oscar Isaac has been cast as Mark Spector in the Marvel show Moon Knight. So he's going to be our new sort of big, edgy, wacky superhero, and I'm so
2: excited for That's her. a whole lot of words I don't I, really understand. I just
1: thought the same thing. The only word I recognized in that was Marvel.
2: But Oscar Isaac, I know, of course, played Poe Dameron in the new Star yeah. Wars films. He was also the villain in that terrible X-Men film, Apocalypse.
0: Oh, yeah. What a waste is, of Oscar Isaac. Well, this is the thing. This is like the third time you've got a Marvel actor who was in a really bad Marvel film come over to the MCU. You had Chris Evans. Then you had Michael B. Jordan. So now Oscar yeah. Isaac's getting like his... Uh, his, his turn. Uh, rejuvenation we've got, I this, guess.
2: We got this really clever quippy sarcastic naturally comedic guy what do we do let's have him never talk that was a great choice for apocalypse by the way he's going to be in what was the name of the show uh moon knight moon knight okay yes. and that's got marvel links to it you say
0: yeah uh, mark specter is this wealthy billionaire who has a tragedy befall him and he doesn't have any superpowers and then becomes this masked vigilante okay,
1: with
0: the, with Knight at the end of his name. So
1: it's Batman.
0: This is the thing. People always call him Batman, but he has the power of the Egyptian gods, so there's a lot of, like... Oh, uh, so, it's is, be very...
2: so so he's apocalypse?
0: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he's getting a shot at his apocalypse again, so I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be very sort of uh, Egypt-heavy and the old gods. In the current comics, uh, Moon Knight's been given, like, a big uh, renaissance again, okay. and he's stolen Thor's hammer, and God knows what he's doing with that now okay but no it's it's really exciting it's gonna be very sort of wacky and very brutal it's like daredevil if he was possessed by like Puttankhamun so <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun
2: okay excellent. Um, on a side note, Ethan, uh, I you'd be proud of me. I watched the first three episodes of Season 1 of The Mandalorian today. Hey. So at some point, we, I will catch up, and you and I will have to do a special, maybe two-episode little mini-thing on... We'll do Mandalorian uh, Season 1 and the Mandalorian Season 2.
0: Mandalorian Season 2 has been going very good so far. Okay. The first episode came out, and I'm not going to spoil anything. Don't. Because that's <laughs> very unfair for I'm, you. I'm three episodes in.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but... I'm very happy in the direction it seems to be going okay. right now, and the links they have to, to books as well. Right. They brought in a, a side book character from one book as, like, a character which has never happened. So I'm, I'm very excited that they're they're not just embracing the movies and, like, the cartoons. Okay.
2: So on that note, uh, I look forward to seeing more of it, and we can definitely – let's definitely arrange for some sort of little special yeah. bonus ups, and we'll sort of just spend an hour on each season once I'm through. Once I'm through season one, season one, we'll do that. Once I'm through season two, we'll do that, and we'll just sort of uh, knock that out. Uh, on a side note, uh, here's the question I had, and I sort of prepped you two for going. We need to have a bit of a discussion. I thought, let's do it with the microphones on. Because, so you
1: didn't prep us, in fact. you just well, I prepped you to be ready for a <laughs>
2: conversation. So anybody out there, you're finding out at the same time Ethan and Ellie are finding this out. Because when Georgia said she couldn't make it, I thought I had a plan. And I was going to go, I know what we can do. We can review The Incredible Hulk. It would make sense. It doesn't qualify for best film ever. There's no need to have the overlap. I don't think George is especially precious about Hulk. Da-da-da-da-da. And then I discovered that The Incredible Hulk is the only MCU movie not available on Disney+. Plus
0: Currently, because I know... Universal, I know the, the the Universal have the movies, rights. The Spider-Man movies aren't on MPM, Well, no, oh, uh, sorry. On apologies. Disney+ right now.
2: Because Spider-Man are... Yeah. Yes, they're MCU, but they're Sony productions, and that's the way that's going to be. Yeah. But somehow Iron Man crossed over, but... Hulk doesn't. And they were both put out by Paramount, I believe. Paramount or Universal. It's one of the two. Yeah. And somehow, Iron Man's made its way over, but Hulk has not. So the question is, if we're going to go through the MCU films in order, do we skip Hulk? Or do we say we're going to review Hulk because it's part of an overall Disney franchise, if you will, but you can't access it on Disney+. Plus. What do we do?
0: I think we'd have to change our tagline at the opening
2: we uh, we would be even more plus than Disney plus on that episode.
0: Yeah. I I think we we'd have to because all the box sets include it and a lot of the promotional uh, material recently's been also showing like Edward Norton Hulk again. Uh yeah. so it's it it's not crazy important but it establishes a pretty
2: major character. I think you yeah. can't pretend that it doesn't exist
1: absolutely yeah. not and also when you consider the fact that we've then got to look at the avengers films and things who have got hulk in them, well, hulk in them yeah and then it's, it's it still that iteration ignore his origin yeah.
2: it's that iteration yeah. of the hulk even if it's not the same actor who's playing bruce banner it is that hulk they, it's it's his they storyline. Reference it. they, reference they reference it, it as and as they well. and they bring back other characters from that film into subsequent films
0: yeah because i know because in uh, avengers one he's like last time i was in harlem i like yeah the city or something yeah,
2: there are th- references to it yeah it is canon. The
0: bit, a big plot of Luke Cage, even though technically not canon to the MCU anymore, but, is the Hulk ruined Harlem, well, and Luke Cage is having to pre- like pick the pieces back well, up. Which
2: character has to present the Sokovia Accord to the Avengers? Oh, it's, exactly. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a main player in in in, in the Hulk mm. film. So I think what we've decided here is that we are at some point we are going to do Hulk, and then we welcome people to find it. Uh, through whatever means that they are able to. Should they have legal access to a streaming site, please please do so. Should you decide to copy it on physical media, or purchase it, sorry, on physical <laughs> media, uh, by all means, go ahead and do that. Uh, we are endorsing legal um, acquisition of, of these materials, but we Break are... Break
0: into Ed Norton's house and force him to re- redo it. To reenact itself. it, yep. yep. So,
2: we are going to go down that road. It's been determined, so... Okay, excellent. So at some point we will do Incredible Hulk. I just didn't know for the next one. Do I need to be prepping for Captain America or do we need to prep for Hulk? So Hulk, I'm glad to know that's the option we are taking. Huzzah. So, um, while we are kind of going from one abomination, let's go to maybe another. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Wow. <laughs> uh, Ethan, why don't you tell us about uh, Meet the Robinsons? Would you? Uh, this was your choice. Uh, in, in a, yeah. When we, we needed someone to step up, you went, I've got one. And you had a movie named, and I went, I haven't seen this one. So, why don't you go ahead and tell us why you chose this film?
0: So I chose this for several reasons. One, because you said no a tier films, and went, "Oh, what's a what's a non a tier Disney film that I'm sure will get a bit of entertainment? <laughs> I'm sure this one will work." And it's one of those ones I saw as a kid years ago, and I always come back to it every so often because I just find it, I find it entertaining at points, and I like. I would agree with that story. synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's entertaining at points, and it's very. It's very Saturday morning cartoony. It's like if there was a massive Hanna-Barbera crossover and it's so wacky. I have actually
2: seen a critic who reviewed this as like one giant Hanna-Barbera episode.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. That's amazing. But no, I've always enjoyed it for that. And I think it's it's the dark era of Disney. The early 2000s where they're trying to do 3D animation and it's not good. You just had Chicken Little. You're about to have the wild. This is a very rough patch for Disney Animation. Yeah, not
1: as rough as the Wild. No. So. Um
2: I'll, I'll say I found a Roger Ebert. Uh, he makes passing reference. I mean, he's really going nuts about those Plants versus... He's going nuts about some other animated 3D feature at a time. But it's it's just how 3D everything, how computer animated everything is going, and how it's not yeah. looking good. Now, I think I don't think we get to where we are today without these growing pains in the middle. But yeah, they're a bit rough to look at.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's not great. I mean, when I was looking up all the stuff for Context Corner, I was I was shocked to discover how not dark a history this has, but I was very shocked to go, oh, wow, they, they've really changed a lot about this. This did not go well.
2: Well, why don't you go ahead and start us off then with Context Corner and let us know what we're getting into here. <laughs> I wish I'd known before we started yeah. <laughs> with Meet the Robinsons.
0: So, yeah, Meet the Robinsons, it's the 47th animated Disney classic film directed by Stephen
2: J. Anderson. Yeah, a name I and hadn't it, heard before. Yeah.
0: Neither have I. He's not really done anything else since. Well, at least it wasn't. Oh. What was it? What was it?
2: Yeah. What, was, what was the wild? It was Spaz, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, so, yeah. Was it was Steve Spaz, William. <laughs> That's it. At
2: least it wasn't Spaz on this one.
0: I don't know what awful word the J stands for, but uh, I think it's better we don't discover it. I think
2: it's better not to.
0: But yeah, it was based on a a book called The Day with Wilbur Robinson, which was by William Joyce, who was an author and an animator. Yes. And I didn't really know the stuff he'd animated until now. Uh, he did the Robin Williams animated film Robots.
2: Oh, that's not good.
0: Yeah. Yep. So Disney took the project on board and then wanted to use uh, his art style and then went, wait a minute, you just did Robots. This is the same art style we were going to do. So it had to change the entire art style for it and then went back to like, 50s cartoons, so a lot of, like, Warner Brothers things, uh, Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland, Cinderella for that sort of aesthetic. Okay. And then the production starts in 2004 for what they wanted to be a 2006 release. However, Disney acquired Pixar in 2006, and John Lasseter, our favorite boy, comes on, (laughs) and he becomes the chief creative officer uh, for both Pixar and Disney, and he sees an early screening, and he says to Anderson's face, I don't like this at all change it because yeah. he said the villain was not good uh the bowler hat guy villain is not threatening he's not scary uh, so 10 months later 60 percent of this film has been rewritten reanimated redone reshot this sorry this changing- was rewritten to
1: have the bowler hat guy as being scary menacing
2: yeah more scary than he was i guess yeah. <laughs> oh but if you're gonna tell me more that 60 percent of this film was rewritten ethan i'm going yeah i believe it oh yeah <laughs> yeah it feels like a hot mess
0: so yeah they, they changed the ending, the villain, they changed, they were like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll put a, a T-Rex fight in this, because that's what was missing, was the
2: T-Rex. <laughs> yeah, wait till we get there.
0: <laughs> and then the film comes out with pretty mixed reviews, it's got 67 on Rotten Tomatoes. Surprisingly
2: high, if I may say so.
0: Yeah, I was expecting a lot less. Yeah. Um, and then Entertainment Weekly this was the only review I found that I really enjoyed, which they just called it. A bumpy ride. A
2: bumpy ride. Yep, nothing
0: yep. else. Yep. Uh, and then, there's that's all really the behind-the-scenes uh, knowledge. The only other thing is that this was inspired because the director was also adopted. So I've now uh-huh. got a theme of whenever I find a film, it seems the director has been hit by this awful like emotional thing. With it onward, his dad's dead. Yeah. With this, he's he's an orphan. Um, the only other sort of kind of thing about it was they were supposed to make a sequel uh, called... Meet the Robinsons too, date night. (laughs) This is the only thing I ever give John Lasseter credit for. The second he came on board as chief uh, executive creative officer, he went, no, and cancelled it immediately before they could even do anything.
2: You know there should be something. What I would love to see is like a series on Disney where like they bring the decision makers. Like I, I know lasser has been disgraced, but 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 like you bring him in and you just have him explain for sixty minutes what the sequel was supposed to be and why he killed it. Like this. Like if you get people to like speak like off the cuff about how dreadful like these first and why he's killing. Like you could do that. You could do Treasure Planet. You could do all these sort of supposed next Disney things and just to have the people like explain what was it about him that made us turn this stuff down
0: i can't imagine how you can get like not worse than this but to a point where you're like oh
2: yeah we can't even do this sequel yeah yeah i, I would just love to or to do like a 60 minute like i don't know anim, just a small animated storyboard version of what it what the storyline would have been i mean you've got you've got time to kill why not oh yeah yeah so are are we pretty much good to jump in then yeah
0: that's all the context I was able to find right. i did I did some searching no, you're right, you're right, so
2: um here we go. we do our intro and we have the three d castle and i like I like this era of the three d castle as far as it goes, you know it's not uh i like i like the fireworks i do yeah, i do it it was a nice touch on the end of that, uh and then we've got the title card right at the hop, and we have rain and we have sepia computer animation. <laughs> And there's a baby abandoned and it's an orphanage and um and the door opens and there's a lingering shot on the baby and then you hear the door knock and this woman who eventually I figured out was a woman opens the door and I'm almost crying because the animation looks so dated.
1: <laughs> Not
2: because of the content. I wasn't
1: I thought it was really interesting to see it like done sort of in a black and white type style or but self, obviously yeah. well yeah but it was nearly black and white Do you okay. know what I mean like yeah. it was because it was really gloomy and then when you actually got well, inside and you got the light it is like a bad thing yes um but when you got inside you got a bit more of the kind of browny tones to it but when it was outside it was almost black and white and it it was just an interesting kind of concept because it was like the past
2: and and I will give them this yeah. when they come back to this I like the way that they flushed it out Because we all make assumptions, because of course we would. That's how filmmaking works. We miss information, but our brain fills in the patches, and we go, I saw this, I saw this. And we talked about it on our other podcast, Best Film Ever, with Bridget Jones, where we said, no, no, if that happens, and then we cut to this thing that suggests a cause and effect. And this thing played on us understanding how media literacy more or less works and filled in some gaps later. Uh, And then we have a graphic match right away. This film wasted no time in doing a little bit of time travel. (laughs) Nope. Because we're like, all right, this is the kid. And the kid is smart and his friend isn't.
1: Can we just take a moment to appreciate how much this kid looks like um, George Little from Stuart Little? Oh my! God. I did see
2: a lot of complaints that this film felt very similar to Chicken Little.
1: Absolutely ridiculous! Not Chicken Little, Stuart Little.
2: Oh, Stuart! Oh, Stuart Little. Yeah. Oh, I, I heard a lot of complaints about Chicken Little, but my bad, Stuart Little. So this is this is the mouse, Michael J. Fox. Yeah, but
1: not the mouse, the yeah. the kid that the mouse.
2: Oh, is like it? is adopted. Okay, well so enough. basically, okay.
1: in Stuart Little, the mouse is adopted into the family, the Littles, and George Little meet, is the little kid. Me, meet so. the Littles. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. George Little, who basically looks like the milk bucket, but. But like he looks exactly it's like if someone made an animated version of him, it would be um whatever this guy's name is. I've already forgotten Lewis. Lewis. I'm never
2: gonna unsay that. Uh and so um Lewis is smart and his friend Goop is not. And Goop is wearing some sort goob. of goob. goob. Sorry, Goob. Uh, apologies. <laughs> he sounds much more intelligent now. <laughs> um and so if Goob isn't a baseball so much that he's wearing a uniform and everything, why doesn't he wear a baseball hat in this scene? He's wearing some other kind of hat, like an adventurer's hat or something like that, or a bucket hat. And then this woman goes ahead who runs the, the orphanage and she lets us and um, Chicken Little, Mickey Little, Little Bo Peep, uh, Lewis, Lewis Little. George Little. <laughs> Let's, let's Lewis Little know that uh, he's, got, he's got an interview. And he, with the Harringtons. And he has to grab his most recent I- invention. And she, as, as he leaves, she goes, oh, this is it. I hope this is it. I hope he gets adopted. Oh, so expositional. A, so expositional. B, shouldn't this be your wish every time a kid has a meeting with a set of parents? And also, why are you expressing this to Goob? Another child to goob? needs to be adopted. That's a really and, and, weird thing to and do. And if you're Goob, aren't you like, hey, I want to be adopted too? Yeah. It seemed like everybody was really he gets working hard. Attention. It seemed like everybody was working really hard to get Lewis adopted and Goob, it was like, nah.
1: And I know like their relationship is fleshed out a bit later on, but at this point we're led to believe that Goob and Lewis are really, really good friends yep. and that they get on really well. So why would he want him to be taken away as well? And I think
2: Goob would have been a better fit for this adoption meeting because the dad of the family to be you say they were called the Harringtons or something? Okay. Goes, yeah. What's your favorite sport? At which point Goob is the better pick. Yep, But he goes, does inventing count? Now, I'm here to tell you, inventing is not a sport. (laughs) Just a thought. Uh, And the invention goes badly. And you know what? I saw Tinkerbell earlier in our podcast. I'm here. (laughs) You don't want to use the invention for the first time at the pitch. (laughs) Excellent. It never goes well.
0: Especially if it could kill someone. Yeah,
2: and the father's allergic to peanuts. Now, that would have been a better thing to mention, even before the invention works, He's allergic to peanuts.
1: They did and yeah. they did have chance cuz she did say, "Oh, we yeah. don't really eat peanut butter." Yeah, like
2: if like, it's a severe peanut allergy, this isn't the time to be like coy yeah. about it. It's yeah. the time to be direct. And so the invention goes terribly and like, I, I, "I'm sorry, the gun does not hold as much peanut butter or jelly that came out of that sandwich."
1: No. No. maker it the doesn't.
2: gun thing yeah at which point you know i enjoy peanut butter and jelly sandwich uh, i'm assuming neither of you have had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich
0: i would not because oh, I, I don't oh hang I on that's right peanuts, you're not
2: english so, <laughs> so. As, as as part of the international section of this podcast ethan yeah you know, english people do not i don't know what it is i literally had someone ask me last week okay i get peanut butter but what do you put it on i'm like you must be joking i'm like yeah. bread stuff bagels crumpets
0: I Bread. gave one to my friend. I was like, You gotta try this and he bit into it, he was like, this is vile. How do you like You've this? I'm gotta like be kidding me. it's sweet and salty and the best thing.
2: I forced my sister to send me a picture of like the North American peanut butter section in like a grocery store to go like look at how many shelves we have full of peanut butter and then like, the British one is oh. like there's like four Big pots legs. at the bottom yeah. of like a shelf. Like we don't even want our Where eyes we don't even want the eyes looking at it. Keep it below the high line. I'm right. So you can only find it if you're looking for it. Um, and so, uh, am
1: I right in thinking that at this point Lewis pulls out an um, EpiPen? No, I think
2: the, no. The that, was, friend, that was that yeah. was the wife who was the EpiPen.
1: Oh, okay, that makes more sense.
2: He <laughs> yeah. happens to be carrying one. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was really strange. And so, on the rooftop, and we find out, that he's had 124 adoption meetings. At which case, you would have thought the woman would have been like, maybe I don't get my hopes up for this one, because mm-hmm. <laughs> she was so like, oh, let this work, let this be the one. It was because they were both blonde. And if he's getting, like, 124 adoption meetings, like, theoretically, he's got to be sitting in on one of these, like, every four or five days. Well, He's, what, like,
0: 12, 12. years he's 12. old? Yeah. yeah. So that's,
1: like, oh, God, I can't do math. Well,
2: I'm going a, a lot, a lot. Okay, if it's over the course of his 12 years, I mean, that would be... Ten a year. Yeah, ten a year. Yeah. Assuming he was, like, as an infant getting adoption meetings. I don't know. So and this is where we find out that um, oh, but when he shows it's been one hundred and twenty four, he flips over this piece of wood that's got all the counting on that's it. So sad. I don't know if you noticed. Every time he got to five and would cross one out, he would then like throw away that color marker. Yeah, it was never like like two red strokes and three blue strokes, and it was like all five would be red, and then Aww. all five would be blue, and then all five would be white. And I'm like, what? What's the deal? Then he got to fifty. I like that. He got to fifty and just wrote
0: fifty, same with one hundred.
2: Yeah, that would make sense. It,
0: it was a, it was a nice bit of a, it, a bit of detail. It gives
2: the idea that film. it actually that it actually was like a cumulative count, and he was marking yeah. you know benchmarks like five thousand downloads for best film ever. Why not go ahead mm-hmm. and give it a shot? That's I do
1: not want to do that in a tally chart. If ever. that's all right?
2: <laughs> no, I won't do that. Um, I'm imagining tiny baby Lewis
0: like writing down his first tally of didn't like me this <laughs> time. Goo goo go, gaga. Go.
2: I'm sure it'll happen in the first 10. <laughs> um, and we find out that teenagers can't be adopted. And I'm like, all right, I guess that's our race against time. But then we never really go back to it. Yeah. Like, this did not like, lead to any sort of desperation. Like, I thought there was going to be a race against time. And if it's been rewritten so much, maybe that explains that. But I thought it was lazy storytelling. Um, and then Lewis goes from, not even my mother wanted me. And the woman's like, hang on. It must have been really hard. When he goes, you're right she's the only one who's ever cared no one's like uh, i'm not really saying that she's the one character but well despite the, the stupid uh exposition and like you know making goob feel really bad um i i was kind of on board with her logic here
1: i really liked the scene i thought it was really moving so it was it was really interesting to have kind of a different perspective on adoption given and kind of from the perspective of you know, maybe the parent was really struggling or maybe there's a reason that the child was given up rather than it just being like, you were abandoned. Yeah, I don't
2: know.
0: If Angela Bassett didn't have to do as much exposition, I'm sure she'd be an okay
2: character. Was that Angela Bassett? Yep. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Yeah, she didn't have enough to do, but that's not, mm. I don't know how else she could have worked her into this because the, the the film had to happen in the future, so, yeah. yeah. And then there's a dolly zoom to show the how brilliant the brain scanner invention is, which is really clever when you're doing it with animation. And in case you want to know what a dolly zoom is, you can find that out by listening to our episode on Goodfellas over <laughs> on Best <laughs> Film Ever. We talked in some detail about dolly zoom, but the idea to emulate a dolly zoom using animation, it was only a few moments. I actually went back and rewatched it. I'm like, hey, dolly zoom. So yeah. And then we have an invention montage. And like, like, Lewis is at the university? Like, how is he getting to the university? Who's letting him in? What kind of Mickey Mouse orphanage is this? Literally Mickey Mouse <laughs> orphanage, because it's a Disney pr- film, isn't it? But, like, what's going on here? This kid's just allowed to wander willy-nilly across random city USA.
1: The song over the top to the of, the of this montage
2: is crap. Sorry, he you goes
0: both- to the uni- Oh, Go ahead, Ethan. He goes to the university, and the guy's like, well, where's your parents? The like... I don't have one. I'm an orphan. Oh shit, sorry. Yeah. You just come in. in. You go. It's, it's a <laughs> joke every every time, time someone
2: approaches him he just goes, My parents are dead <laughs> <laughs> My parents don't want me and now you're refusing me an education. Yeah, just okay, go. Go. <laughs> uh, Ellie, you said you didn't like the music over top of this. No, it was awful. It's a really dull song. Okay. Um, other interviews were going badly. We got lots of devices being used for other things. He's stealing colanders. He's stealing pincers. Uh, now Goob has a baseball hat on, thankfully, and Goob appreciates coffee in a nice little joke. Oh
1: my God, this made me cackle.
2: And actually, this was a nice <laughs> bit of payoff because this was actually going to be a major plot point. And so the idea being that he's so tired. And when we find out, oh, you know, you get a science nerd for a roommate, it's what you get. And Angela Bassett's all like, well, you know. Hopefully, it works for him. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like you have a, there's a duty of care here. You're sending a child out. <laughs> this is pure neglect. Sending a child out who has not have been allowed the opportunity for sleep. This is not just a laughing. This is one issue I had, actually. I think Goob gets a raw deal. Yeah. Throughout this film, I think Goob gets a raw deal.
1: I, oh, yeah. I did notice, like, the first moment that we saw Goob as well, I noticed, like, the bags under his eyes. And I was like, that's a really weird choice of animation. Yeah. Why have they made him look like he's not slept? Yeah, and. Yeah. Because he was having this like friendly little exchange with Lewis, and it wasn't until this moment I was like, "Oh, it's actually like a massive character point." Okay. It's a point,
2: yeah. And then Lewis is done with his inven- with interviews, and he says he won't be rejected again. This invention is his future, which I wrote out because I figured it might be important. It turned out, yeah, it was. <laughs> then we go to the science fair, and we meet Doctor Krunkelhorn. And correct me if I'm wrong, Ethan. This sounded yep. a lot like I think one of the podcast's favorite actresses. I think it's sounded like La- it's Laurie Metcalf, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. Laurie Metcalf. Yeah. I only noticed it the second time, and, and, and the, she has yep. more to say in the second bit. But the, you know, hmm. so uh, Laurie Metcalf, of course, who played Jim's mom on Treasure Planet. Yep, and uh,
1: Andy's
0: mom in Toy Story. Andy's
2: mom in Toy Story. Anything yep. else? Was that it?
1: Uh, I assuming there was another one as well.
2: There might be, but
1: I,
0: yeah. Was she in Scream One? Because she's in Scream Two. She's not
2: in Scream One. Ah,
0: uh, no. That's oh yeah, and she's I, she's Sheldon's mom. in
2: a, yeah, 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 yeah. Sheldon's Big Bang Theory. She's on. She's in Lady Bird. She's in. Yeah, she's done lots of stuff. But as far as the podcast went,
1: yeah, I have a feeling yeah. there's another one. But I'll try and find out.
2: I think it was Jim's mom. I think it was just the, the, not Jim's mom. Yeah. yeah, Jim's mom. I thought we felt she was yeah. underused in that. Um, and so then we we find out that the uh, Doctor Crunklehorn has invented the caffeine patch, and I'm like, that cannot be safe. <laughs> the number of patches you have, I'm...
1: definitely not safe, but hilarious.
2: Okay. Um, and then we sort of juxtapose her with the gym teacher, who's just like there, being you know typical high school gym coach. And then we have Lizzie and her fire ant farm as they uh, violate copyright on the Wednesday Adams character. <laughs> she was great though And then we have some film kid who's checking things out I thought he represented all of us And then Lewis has a radio flyer wagon Which is actually a really big thing Throughout American film A radio flyer red wagon I think it's the wagon from Is it a Christmas story He's got a radio flyer red wagon I think I think so Yeah and then we meet Wilbur Robinson, whose job it is to give us as much information as he can in about 90 seconds. Although he lies about being a time cop. Uh, we get the idea that there's a bowler hat guy is traveling from the future to take Lewis. And this is where we got bowler hat guy and what I only called his spider hat. We later find out that spider hat is Doris, is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Doris. I do not All right. why. This was a
2: really weird weird oh, choice of villain. By-
0: Voiced by the director as well.
2: Who? Um, Doris or Buller Hat Guy? Buller Hat Guy. Oh, really? Okay, so Buller Hat yeah, Guy which is...
0: which explains a lot.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think it does. Um, and so he and inv- uh, the, the Doris, the Spider Hat, investigates and screws with, literally, uh, Lewis's <sighs> device. Underneath a sheet. There's no reason this thing had to be underneath a sheet, and the movie wouldn't, can't happen if it's underneath a sheet
1: grand reveal
2: i guess lewis promises he won't blow things up and the science teacher's like lewis he goes no, i promise he goes okay good enough which implies that lewis was trying to blow things up previously and the only thing that you know well this time i don't mean to it's like well no it's just kind of what inventions do you're a bit of a screw-up and it's starting to work and then the flan the flan the fan flies off And, like, this thing should, like, be finished spinning the minute it leaves its rotor. It's not that, (laughs) but it, like, has, like, independent propeller properties now. It can propel itself uh, and, like, takes out, like, a light and, like, causes, like, rain to fall. And then, like, the kid's volcano experiment that wouldn't work earlier now works. And he's ruined the science fair.
0: And the fire ants attack someone? Fire ants attack
2: the the coach. coach. Because the coach gets covered in like in, like, sugar or something.
1: Uh, it's oh, yeah. the stuff the from the volcano, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But can we also just mention the coach's legs were ridiculous.
2: They were really small in like comparison to those toothpicks. really big. Yeah.
1: Well, the parts of them were really
2: muscular. I think this <laughs> is a parody of the guy who goes to the gym and skips leg day and only works his upper body and has a bit of a gut. But
1: it wasn't his but he's whole huge legs. Arms. It wasn't just like really skinny legs. It was like they were really bulky in certain places. I'm okay with the
2: fact that in a film about scientific progress uh, that they make the athlete out to look stupid. (laughs) I'm quite okay with that. It was just bizarre. Um, And then uh, Wilbur chases Lewis because Lewis is all emo about ruining the science fair. And then Boulder Hat Guy, who I literally think is my avatar from Buzz Quiz World. Whenever I play that, my character looks <laughs> just is. like this guy, except for he's got a top hat rather than a bowler hat. Like he's like like a more scuffed version of
0: Dick Dastardly from yeah, Wacky Races. Yeah,
2: he's just like he's just like exactly. Yes. He's just like old timey nineteen twenties twirl the mustache villain. Isn't he oh, oh say oh, I'm gonna oh rub my hands together. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, he takes the invention, and then we go back to the rooftop. Up on the rooftop, quick, quick, quick. Uh, Louis. Has a portrait of his mother that's supposed to be important, but it's something he's just drawn in his own book and she doesn't even have a nose.
1: And by the way, it's not important. (laughs) It's not important. (laughs) We never see it again. I
2: am not even sure we saw it before, or if we did, oh, it was think like once. I we did,
1: but like just him drawing oh, uh, it was again. A I think it was
2: supposed to be something that was going to be called back on, and wasn't. So he rips the pages out of the book and rips all the invention schemes away, and then he balls up the actual like diagram of the invention, and then Wilbur throws it back at him and pretends to be a pigeon. Yeah, yeah but that does
1: come back later on. Oh, okay,
2: yes, so but yeah. Oh, I really because this is in essence my real introduction to this character. And I'm like, I just struggled with Wilbur throughout. Yep. Yeah. Um and they fight about Wilbur being from the future and the acting in this. I never thought I'd say this about voice acting, but the acting in this is rough. Yeah. There's two scenes where they like bicker with each other and the and the acting is dreadful.
0: It's that bit I we'll get to it later on, but Wilbur's voice actor when he just goes Oh, no. (laughs) Right before he gets atomized.
2: Um, (laughs) And then Wilbur throws Lewis off the roof as part of the way to prove he's from the future. And Lewis lands on a flat area. But then we find out it's not a flat area. It's the ship that's been cloaked. So if so, if you threw him onto this ship, like when he lands... It should legitimately hurt, not be like, oh, what's this fl-? why have I not why am I not falling? Yeah, it was still a pretty big fall, wasn't it? Pretty big fall. Yeah. And onto that should have glass. Da- should have done some damage. It reminded me of when um Sydney is thrown off the roof in Scream onto a boat. And if you want to know more about that, check out our <laughs> Halloween episode of Scream on Best Film Ever. Where we had the Ooh, same the deb- plugs today. Where we had the same debate. It just naturally seemed to fit. I'm like this this we had the same argument. This should hurt. This should do damage. He should you know, he should be having a concussion. Actually, that would be much better. He gets knocked out, and then he wakes up in the future. Ooh, yeah. And he's all disoriented and thinks maybe he's having a dream. Just a thought. Then they go to the future. And in the future, everything's inflatable and bubble-filled for the first 60 seconds, and it doesn't look like that ever again. Um, <laughs> am I wrong? <laughs> nope. Nope. Lewis uh, won't go fix the machine, because they have to fix the time machine. There's two of them we find out. I guess you invent two of them and you make them look different as well because why would you mass produce one? You certainly want two different aesthetics for it. Uh, that's what that's what Ford did. He invented one car and then he invented a, a totally different second model of a car. And we find out that the one was stolen by Boulder Hat Guy. I thank God Wilbur's here to give us all the necessary exposition we need with just enough vagueness so the plot can happen. And he's convinced that um, that Lewis can fix it um, my apologies uh, so the machine Lewis won't go fix is actually the memory reader because they haven't broken the yeah. time machine yet and then guess what guys they break the time machine
0: <laughs> wait no <laughs> yep. way yeah
2: and then Lewis has to try and fix this ship and there's more fighting and the acting remains bad and it's weird because they made up by admitting I can't trust you yeah well, well I can't trust you either and somehow they went oh, yeah. we've got something in common and they shake hands and I'm like but your understanding is that you don't trust each other. This shouldn't bond you. I, I didn't get it. A uh, bowler hat guy has an appointment, and he's got a unicorn binder. And am I supposed to laugh at him because he's a little girl? Is that what I'm being told? Yeah. Yep.
0: I, it's the whole, look how emasculated he is, kind of, kind of trope. Because even as the joke after is like, oh, your your name's Mary? Yes, it's short for Marion. Like it was always if that's the, a boy's Look, name. he's the woman.
2: Ju- yeah. Yeah. Um, the pitch goes badly. He goes on in and he meets all the big suits in this boardroom. And Doris, the flying spider hat, is acting as a teleprompter. And then he kind of like just. Bombs it, and then as he gets kicked out, the the hat shows back up, and the teleprompter says, "Watch out!" And then he gets something like thrown and it hits him in the head. That was funny, yeah. and it might be the only time in this movie I laughed.
1: Oh, <laughs> not even Goob's bit with the coffee.
2: Oh, I might have laughed at that, but he goes and he adds a fourth thing to his list, which is find that swear word boy, and of course he just says find that boy out loud. But he writes like not the swear word, but like the like you and know stars and the question marks stars and things and, you do in cartoons.
1: It might be a little spaceship or something Maybe. is one of them.
2: And then we go back to um, the future, <laughs> as you will, uh, and oh, Dad. God. I know. Dad is gone until tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, so this is our new race against time. Got to fix the ship before dad is back tomorrow. And there's elements of Wizard of Oz as they go outside. And it's this big, powerful voice. And then, of course, that gets thrown. And we have this robot that felt like Shades of Treasure Planet had returned. Oh, my God. When I saw him, I, I wrote down in my notes. Oh, no. He's better than Ben.
1: He is a million he's- times better than Ben. He's better than Ben, but he
0: still sucks because it's like he's trying to do <laughs> he's it's like he's trying to do an impression of Robin Williams' genie at points as well.
2: Yeah.
1: And as, as long as he's not Ben, it's fine.
2: And so I've got here who wrote Wilbur I don't know what line it was, but i like, who wrote Wilbur's dialogue? It's ridiculous. Oh, I know what it was. It was like if I can't fix this, my parents will bury me in the backyard or something. And I'm not joking? Okay, I am joking, but I'm like, just shut up. Like, who's, who's writing this and going, good enough? And apparently we find out that Lewis's <laughs> he's hair... It's
1: Goob, and he's just so tired he can't come up maybe. with decent dialogue.
2: And we, <laughs> and we find out that his, uh, apparently Lewis's hair is a dead giveaway. And this had very much elements of Keanu Reeves and Bill Winter and Bill and Ted. Like, these are the two chosen ones who fix everything. I hadn't quite got all the pieces together yet, but I was well on my way. Um, And then we get to the house, and Wilbert tells us his plan. And by us, I mean he tells the robot. The robot says that not taking him back to see his mother won't have consequences. He's being sarcastic here. And I'm like, good on you. And the robot says there's a 99.999% chance that Wilbert won't exist. And you know what? This guy needs to be more of an optimist. Because when Doctor Strange said there was only one possible outcome where Thanos dies, they ran with that. <laughs> they didn't go, we can't do it. He went, no, we can do it for that one chance we have of saving the universe. So that's right, be more like Doctor Strange Kids. Um there's a wild goose chase and I'm bored. Because somehow somehow Lewis has partnered up with this wacky guy with like hair. Hey, now th- I thought this guy was gonna turn out to be Lewis.
0: What, the, the, the old, old guy the old, backwards man. The old guy who's yeah. with no
2: teeth and woodchuck and he's got kind of spiky hair and I'm like this is going to be him because I didn't realize how much in the future we'd gone at this point and yeah. I thought it might have been the case and there, there's this, this weird like all, we're meeting this crazy family and at the same time Wilbur's looking f- it was just so much stupidity and like like there's a pizza delivery guy, and it took me about three-quarters of the way through the film to realize I think this is Adam West. Yep. Yeah. Adam I'm like, West. how do I know his name? I'm like, oh, it's Mayor Adam West, basically doing his Mayor Adam West character, but, like, as a pizza guy. Um, and then there's a singing frog, and I've literally gotten my notes. What the f*** am I watching? <laughs> this is what happens when you've got cocaine and only a three-day window to write a film. <laughs> takes the cocaine
0: and at the end, he's like oh i need to come up with an idea yeah. he hasn't
2: even written it while doing the cocaine I don't know. We'll, just, we'll just have some frogs and they'll be singing they'll be mobsters and and, and a dinosaur we'll a dinosaur frogs. i we'll did a love dinosaur. that they were mafia oh, frogs out loud <laughs> it
0: was cu- it was entertaining it was like the jersey Boys oh i don't frogs. think it was the, the
1: bit where they threw Doris in the back of the trunk was funny but anyway
2: and then we get family recap and cornelius we're told looks like tom Selleck, and there's a we're not showing you his face and at this point i went yeah this is lewis (laughs) so i know when i got there when did you guys get there were you there sooner than this wait he's lewis (laughs) how long did it take you to realize that it was the same family I, you were a kid when you watched this, though, weren't I you? I was
0: a child, yeah. so I think it blew my mind. When blew.
1: <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I don't think I did realize early, but it didn't definitely didn't blow my mind. I just wasn't really... I wasn't um, my mind invested wasn't blown, in...
2: Well, was blown, but I was like, this is obviously Lewis now. No,
1: but I mean, I didn't. I don't think I found out until they revealed it shut up but i but i wasn't invested enough in the film to be trying to work it out i was just kind of rolling with it
2: (laughs) who is he i was just going okay there's got to be something here it's about family and all of a sudden there's this massive family he finds himself surrounded by and so okay i'm gonna come back to that because i got some questions then and then we meet bowler hat guy and he's goob yes and he got beat up by his classmates because he fell asleep and missed the winning catch and at this point i'm going i've got my notes Bowler hat guy is Goob, isn't he? Yeah.
1: The, oh, the really? Mi- you knew this at this point? Yes. Oh no! The minute, the, the,
2: the, the minute, the, the minute, of, like, like you know, ah, oh, you know, you say tw- throw my mustache, eh? Goes and sits down and says, gives it a reverse frozen, and says, don't let it go. The minute he yeah. does that speech, I go, he's talking to himself.
1: Oh, I didn't know this, yeah. and i just, I just loved Goob so much, as in, like you know, when he's little Goob. Yeah. Um. So I, I mean, spoilers for for the later on questions, but I absolutely adored him. And then when I found out it was the same guy, I was like, No, no, I got here, I, I, I got here at this point, yeah. And I,
0: I also loved like Mr. F- steak. You're my only friend. Yeah, I loved I his little that. steak,
2: and I thought that was really cute. Mr. Steak, my <laughs> only friend. That was cute. <laughs> Uh, And then we find out, keep moving forward. It's apparently Wilbur's dad's motto, which, of course, uh, Lewis hates. We learn all about Robinson Industries and how his dad had lots of failures. And we see all these different uh, versions of a time machine. Wilbur being one of those failures. Sorry, what was one of them? Wilbur being one of those failures. And so Lewis is able to work on this because apparently there's no new tech besides screwdrivers since the 2000s. There's (laughs) not one piece where he went, what's that? He was just like, yep, I know what <laughs> Like, if I remember, like, 37-year window where, like, nothing changes in tech. Like, yeah, but the, the, the end product, but the pieces you make are all the yeah. same.
1: With such advanced changes in actual technology yep. and things. Yeah.
2: Yep.
1: Isn't it
0: wild how Will was, uh, You sorry,
2: are not Lewis allowed saw... to use the word wild on this podcast ever again, Ethan. It brings <laughs> up bad memories.
0: <laughs> Isn't it animated 2006 movie starring <laughs> Keith Sutherland that Lewis saw all of these inventions that he came up with and didn't pick peg- Hey, wait a minute! I thought of that. Yeah, I
2: was
1: making that. Well, <laughs> yeah. he does when he, when you get
2: the Well, Gina the reveal the machine. Oh, there's the, yeah, which is interesting. Uh, then we find Bowler Hat Guy's plan. Uh, should I because he needs to kidnap uh, Lewis? He's to start determined because he just doesn't know how these work. So, do we blow up the house? No. Do I turn him into a duck? No. And you're telling me this is the more threatening version of this villain. This
0: is the scarier version. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then we go dinner. And where are you from? And he goes, oh, I'm from Canada. And they go, oh, that's North Montana. I fucking hate this film. <laughs> <laughs> this film has made Canada part of the United States. Once again, I want to state for the record, I have no problem with the United States. <laughs> but I do not like this propaganda that suggests we are nothing more than a hat on top of America.
1: I would quite like you to repeat that statement after Tuesday.
0: Wait, if uh, if this is coming out after the election, hello, President Trudeau. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, uh, Kanye. Please, I I wish us uh, hope in creating a uh, Yeezy people f- uh, future for our two peoples. Um, and then there's a food fight. I'm mean, like, uh, and it turns into a dubbed kung fu movie.
0: Oh, I love that. Oh, what the
2: f- is this?
0: It was very, it was like I said before,
2: very Hanna Barbera at this point. You know what, Arty and and Goofy. I will argue that once we meet the child version of this character, this scene makes more sense. Actually, yeah, I will argue that. But there was nothing up until this point that made me think that the nice, mild mannered, typical mom I'd met to this point is now going to jump on the table and like kung fu movie with like, including like the bad dubbing. Oh, I love that. No, stylistically, it was good. I'm just going – it just felt – was there anything that suggested besides besides the fact she teaches frogs how to sing? I'll give you that. That's <laughs> weird. But there was nothing that suggested she's going to take dinner, which seemed to be so important. She's like, I'll come down there and get you, and then they go up there. And what – dinner so important because we're going to have like a food fight. Yeah.
0: It was one of those things I think they just went, hey – this would be a funny, like, a segment if we do. How do we incorporate it? Oh, no. This would have been better Let's if Rufio
2: it. came down and went bangarang. <laughs> Rufio, Rufio, Rufi. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Um, and then we've got. Uh, so also I've got in my notes here. This is what happens when you let bots program a movie. <laughs> You know, just, just, just spit out a movie script. Here's what we, okay, there's a food fight with this. And Lewis goes, is it like this every night? And the response is, no, yesterday we had meatloaf, which I thought was a, a, <laughs> all a good right, line. Love. And the second course is always PB&J, and this is where we get the peanut butter and jelly gun. And at this point, I'm going to readdress Ellie, who said she did not know it was the same <laughs> family, and go, what were you, This is a segment I had to call, what were you thinking here?
1: I don't even... I was bored here. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: valid.
2: So (laughs) so was the writing team. But
0: (laughs) like, we need to get the PB&J out. Or what was his name? Joe's going to have like a meltdown? At
2: this point, yeah, that was weird. But at this point, you've got to have something, don't you? I mean, there's got to be something that goes, okay, he belongs to his family in some capacity because that's his. And in like 40 years, they still haven't fixed it?
1: Yeah, that seemed unlikely.
2: Yeah, um, and so um, and this is—we also had a little side plot for all two minutes, where one of the like the Rat Pack frogs turned into like a zombie slave, thanks to like because we've established here there's like Mini Doris, who's like a remote control yeah. version of Doris. This yeah. is weird. Doris
0: can squirt out like a time. I'm gonna refresh. <laughs> <laughs> doris can pop out like a little drone that could mind control frogs and people
2: but somehow isn't attached to some sort of hive mindset so like so like when mini doris is on someone regular sized doris doesn't know it's happened
0: yeah which feels weird the hat guy who's controlling it
2: yeah yeah i don't know and so um So Lewis tries to fix it. He can't fix the peanut butter and jelly gun. The same thing happens, and the family celebrates it. and goes, failure is good. You learn more from your failures than you do from your successes. Nice little moral for the story. I liked that. Yeah. And we get keep moving forward, and this is where Lewis goes, if I had a family, I'd love them to be just like you. Blah. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's a little on the nose, isn't it? Like, could we have had, like, a moment where they're all smiling and he's smiling and you don't have to actually say it? Like, show, don't tell, maybe? Mm-hmm. Just a thought. Um, and, now a di- a <sighs> <laughs> and now there's a dinosaur. And now there's <laughs> a dinosaur. I don't know. I mean, I guess the idea of playing with time travel is kind of cool if you have a time machine, but it's the only time they do anything like it. Um, And then they... <sighs> Somehow, the flying pizza mobile flown by Mayor Adam West covers the dinosaur with enough dough that he stuck (laughs) on the ground and sets up the line. This dino's deep-dished.
0: When you first started this podcast, did you think you'd ever utter that semblance of a sentence?
2: All I know is that someone went to like screenwriting school and came out with this as their like, you know. So I didn't
1: supposed to be a pun because I don't get it. What? This dino's
2: deep dish. Deep dish pizza. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. He's a deep dish pizza. He's using deep dished like it's, I don't know. He's a pizza guy. He's making a pizza joke. Uh, If you you want me to, you know, deconstruct the jokes in this movie, I mean, it's it's not going to, it's not going to go well. And then we have
0: jokes in this movie. yeah And
2: then T-Rexes have little arms and I don't know. Was this the highlight of like the inflatable, like T-Rex costume phase this was before. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Did
0: yeah, spark this, it?
2: this feels incredibly this dated. Was for
0: the trailer. This was always for the trailer. Was it? Because in the trailer, it was always like the Rex being like, I have little arms and I can't reach. And then it'd be like, coming November 23rd. And every kid went, I want to see that.
2: Oh, jeez. Um, Wilbur, speaking of things he wanted to see, he sees the hat on top of the dinosaur. I cannot believe I'm saying these words. And, <laughs> hang on, let me finish the full sentence here. Wilbur notices the little hat on the dinosaur and uses the meatball cannon to knock the hat off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. I cannot. Oh. Like what stuff? Like what was in here before? Like what? What stuff ends up on the cutting room floor? But you're accepting this plot. If my theory is right, because Lewis goes, thanks, Mom. Lewis has just called his wife, Mom. Yep. Yeah. Oh, but we don't know this at this point.
0: <laughs> but
1: it's weird.
2: It's weird. Um,
1: Not as weird as a bit later, but we'll come to that.
2: I don't know. Okay, let me know what that is. The Robinsons then want to adopt Lewis. And this has gone badly. And Wilbur, because he has to, knocks the hat off Lewis. Mm-hmm. And everybody figures out what's gone on. Except for they don't smarten Lewis up. And he just goes from thinking everybody loves me and wants to adopt me to know you must go back to your own time. And Lewis for being a genius is fucking dumb. <laughs> just a thought. Yeah. I, yeah.
0: I now that I said that thing before about how does he not recognize any of his inventions, he's just so thick. Yeah. To to because he's like Wait, this person's called Franny and she's done this and this person's done this. I should recognize those people.
2: Yeah. Oh. Um and then we've got um bowler hat guy returns. Uh so then of course Lewis runs away thinking Wilbur cuz uh, part of this Wilbur reveals he was never going to take Lewis back to the past to see his mum. Which can't be anywhere near as bad as showing him his future. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we get the reveal of Lewis as uh, Oh, sorry, bowler hat guy says that he'll take Lewis back to the past. And for some reason, he's got across his fingers behind his back. So the audience knows he's lying.
0: It's to be fair with the way that his character is that it feels like At, that's okay, a song fair enough. Do, you're, yeah. you're not wrong
2: there. And we get the reveal from bowler hat guy that Lewis is Wilbur's dad. And the reveal that bowler hat guy is goob. So I was going tick, tick. Ellie, your mind must have been absolutely blown. It's like the end of The Matrix happened twice. (laughs) Just when you're recovering from the idea of Lewis says, wait, wait, goob was in the movie too? Oh my god.
0: And he's still wearing, like, his baseball uniform. <laughs> and
2: it's, he, it's so disgusting. Oh, yeah. And he's
0: got, like, a beer belly, but when he moves, I notice the, they animate it so it, like, bounces he oh. oh, it's... It...
2: I did appreciate the filming of his backstory. It's like, all the other kids hated me. And everyone's like, hey, Goop, how are you? Do you want to come over after school, And Goop's just like singularly minded like supervillain already. That was a Don't nice find your
0: they hated me. <laughs>
2: And just as I was on the brink of bringing Robinson Enterprises to its knees, and there's a shot of him with a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> it's just negative. He goes, while my, I met Doris, and while my plan was brilliant, hers was And the plan was brilliant. It's still him with the toilet paper. Hers was better. And I'm with Goob here, because Lewis kind of goes, well, it's not my fault you didn't keep looking forward. And I'm like, okay, yes, but this is obviously a touchstone moment where he felt that – You know, you cost him everything. And then he had to watch while you accomplished every one of your dreams while he didn't get to accomplish anything. And I'm like, Lewis should feel more badly than he does right now. It's his fault this happens. It is his fault this happens. No, not to say, but if you start something in motion, you're responsible for every subsequent action. But you're responsible for no- yeah. nothing less than that action. And the fact that he got assaulted by his teammates—not that it's your fault—they punched him. But at the end of the day, like <laughs> you kept him up all night, there should be something in it, that. It's you his know fault how that much... he didn't catch yeah. the ball. Goob cares as much about baseball as Lewis cares about his inventions. Yeah, yeah. it's made clear. Goob loves <laughs> baseball. And he took that from him. So while Lewis might screw up his own inventions by his own designs, Goob fails because of Lewis in the baseball game. Goob fails because of Lewis, not because of Goob. And I think that's something that more needed to be done with. And it's not because it's just too easy to go. You're just the loser villain. You should have. Hey, keep looking forward. That's your problem. You don't know how to shake off your failure. He didn't fail. He was sabotaged.
1: well, he yeah. failed yeah. after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By his mindset not being in the right place. Right, but which is totally his but fault. But the which point about Lewis this movie is, is saying. About, like, right,
2: but the original failure didn't it, it wasn't Goob's failure. No. That's the thing. So he's like just shake off your failure. Screw you, Lewis. I didn't fail.
1: He's just saying that he needs to stop focusing on the past and move forward in a positive mindset. Ethan, Ethan
2: help me out here. Yeah. Does Lewis show any regret for his actions in this? No. Thank you. Thank you. This has once again been Ethan in our voice of reason segment. Sorry?
0: I don't think he ever like explicitly apologizes
2: for what he's done other than like. He goes back and makes it right later. Yeah. But that's not. No, he needed to apologize. Yeah. Because we think he's going above and beyond here and he's not. So yeah. Uh, Lewis falls off, rolls off. He escapes and rolls off the roof because the bird noises cue him up, I guess. And that's how how the pigeon thing we talked about earlier comes full circle, I guess. Yeah. Like whatever happened if pigeons are just cooing? Like is he just rolling <laughs> off random roofs? They
1: popped their heads up and waved at him. He <laughs> saw them. You just weren't looking. I was notes.
2: <laughs> it's just two very
0: very default pigeons. I
2: want I want a segment of Lewis just rolling off random roofs. Just <laughs> 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 <up> in traction. <laughs> uh, the robot is like destroyed, I think, or it's not destroyed, but it's like, they're running away, and like Doris like gets him from the inside with his grappling hook. Yeah,
0: they harpoon him. Yeah, and he's just like. Oh, cool.
2: I guess if you're a robot, you can go ahead and do this stuff in a Disney film? Yeah. I guess because you couldn't do it to a human character. That's for damn sure. Um And so here's my problem with time travel movies. And I had this problem when we went and saw Bill and Ted. And I have this problem now is that somehow when Goob goes back to the past and pitches his new invention, the memory screener thingamabob, um, that this happens now almost like in real time in the future. Like somehow it's like moment for moment, you can see things getting worse. And it's like, that's not the way time travel works. (laughs) Like it's all happened. It was a cool effect, but you can easily just take your time machine and go back 10 minutes before that and hit him on the head with an apple. And it changes it again. Like that's the benefit of having a time machine. Nothing's permanent. So, um, and then we had the ending to Little Shop of Horrors that happened. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where 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 the hats are the plants are they not? Yeah,
1: a bit more War of the Worlds, but no, no.
2: The hats are like uh, the theory Bole is the to get Audrey too Seymour. in every home, and that's no. what happens with the hats. Get the hats in every home. That means Bowler hat guy is Seymour, and I will not stand for that. I think I think he is Seymour. Oh, no! Suddenly Wilbur <laughs> told me I'm his daddy. <laughs> Please stop. Oh, I just want to keep singing those high notes. Um, And then, so if the past is different, how are the rest of the, okay, Wilbur disappears. So there's like a little back to the future in here, right? Because Wilbur disappears. But the rest of the family is all in the same building and they're all like together and they all know who Lewis is. Like none of his stuff should exist except for we need a scary moment that kind of look like zombies.
0: Yeah, because if Boiler Hat guy does all like, you know, gets the the pattern for the the the, the mind helmet that means lewis isn't getting adopted because he's not going to be able to show it off at the science fair which means he's never going to that fancy house ergo no what all of them should be yeah they they, they should all be gone it should just be backwards man and laurie metcalf going we're gonna get you random unknown child
2: yeah and so then the giant audrey two hat moves around and so then he goes back to the past and he just so then we've got Lewis at the pitch meeting he interrupts and like the hat's going to kill him and he just goes i'm never going to invent you and that statement is enough to make the hat just disintegrate
0: and the guy the business meeting doesn't care he just witnessed someone appear out of thin air in a flying spaceship and atomize a robot with his mouth
2: and then we and then we take like Goob, back to the future again. And and then he like looks at like everything being desolate and then watches it all change. And I'm like, is this really how it works? Do you get to come back Thanos' reality ability? It's even got the bubbles. It's not
0: bad. Tyson was like most <laughs> planets, full of hats.
2: Yeah. So 50% of all hats disappeared when I snapped my fingers. <laughs> um, and so then Goob is invited to be a Robinson, but Goob's like taken off. And now they find a list that's got a question mark on it, which is good, because that was how I was feeling about the movie at this point. <laughs> and then Lewis Sr. shows up, and very cleverly, it's got Tom Selleck's voice. Yeah. That was clever. Saying he, But he doesn't look anything like Tom Selleck.
1: <laughs> no <laughs> he sounds like
2: Tom Selleck doesn't look like Tom Selleck at all
1: and if you'd like to see some Tom Selleck tune in to our previous episode Three Men and a Baby Three
2: Men and a Baby being redone with Zac Efron E-E. uh, Louis Senior it's Louis Senior plays really fast and loose with the what am I allowed to spoil for you and what am I not allowed to spoil for you
0: yeah, I feel <sighs> at the point that Will, that Lewis meets his wife that everything's pretty much spoiled because he's now going to have to find that woman.
2: So this is the paradox, okay? The paradox is Lewis has shown inventions that he's created, but he's only able to create them theoretically because he's seen them be shown to him and this creates the paradox then how could you ever invent it if you never were able to stumble upon it yourself for the first time and not originally at some point there had to be an original lewis who invented these but we're only shown that he does it because he's shown how to do it by his older version of himself
0: i like to think *Meet the robinsons is the final part of this weird like paradox timeline and there are three other prequels that will come out eventually (laughs) that that's what the sequel was going to be it was going to be like the previous timeline where it doesn't work and Will was like, I need to go back to the past and save him. Yeah. This and then, is just the final piece. And
2: then he goes, well, do I have to meet my mom? And he's like, I think you have to find that one out for yourself. And I'm like, wait, so now you're deciding to respect like, <laughs> never even bragging about your wealth. Well, what about something that's not related to you specifically, older version of me? Nope. Nope, not doing that. And so then he says goodbye to his mom slash future wife who says i'm always right even <laughs> when i'm wrong i'm right this
1: was the i found really creepy and lewis
2: senior goes she's right you know she always i'd listen to her if i was you because i am and i was like this i'm always right even when i'm wrong i'm right it wasn't this pay like the begging for a payoff when like we meet her as like a child in a minute yeah I'm right, even when I'm wrong, I get her to go they, they think I'm crazy, but I'm right, even when I'm wrong, I'm still right. and he just smiled and went, Yes, you are, yeah, better oh it's not that hard to write a movie
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was part of the sixty percent that got rewritten. Oh, jeez,
2: <laughs> and so we go back to the orphanage, but we're in sepia, and a deal is a deal, and Lewis goes he, Lewis now can see his mother dropping him off, and Lewis gets so close and almost touches her on the shoulder and then he won't. And he just watches as his mother runs away. Um, and then we find out Lewis is the one who knocks on the door. So the first time we see it, we, that, that's the same timeline. Lewis, So that's, the, that's how time travel movies should, should work. He should be fulfilling that role in all versions of it. Just in the yeah. first version, he does it. We're just not allowed to see it. That's kept from us. And it's, it's good. It's, it's a nice moment. I'm sitting there going, okay, that's was well done. The movie didn't make me earn anything enough to go. It's, it's a, I wasn't going, oh, how sweet. It wasn't, pulling, it wasn't onward. But it was it was there. um, And so then we go back to the the future, but it's the middle future, present past, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> and Wilbur says, I never thought my dad would be my best friend and I wanted to take the script for this movie and crumple it in the ball and throw it away. <laughs> he goes, See you later, dad. And so they wake up. Oh,
1: right, it in the sky.
2: Yeah. yeah. That was it. See you later, dad, yeah. And then Lewis goes and he wakes Goob up and Goob manages to save the day by... The ball just lands in his glove. Like I'm not sure why he had to be conscious for that, actually. Um, And then I've discovered the scientist was Laurie Metcalf and the scientist is also the parent, is the mom. And we meet... What's the dad's name? The guy, the adoptive dad with the terrible hair? Oh, God. Bert? I don't know.
1: Begins with a B, but I don't know what it is.
2: Buzz, Bert, Bill. I don't know. Uh, And then... Frankie we, we discover that Frankie is there and Frankie is learning teaching frogs how to do musical stuff and we get this moment and she's clearly nuts um, and then like at this like this is the most magical science fair there ever was because everybody's there the sermon his someone from the local press just happens to be sticking around late at some child's science fair just in case as a great invention
0: yeah, because exact, that's exactly where you want it. It's like the issue with, was it, Fan Force thick, When they're like, look at these 16-year-olds at the child science fair who made, like, portal technology. Out of all of these things, we're going to go to this kid science fair where they'll just be, like, bottle rockets.
2: And it's the local paper that manages to, like, yeah. I, I've been featured in a few local papers. It's not like anything happens at that point. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden the big national papers pick that up. And then we have the coda and we get a montage of inventions and we find out, you know, Lewis's new parents and they don't call him. He's quick to go, I'm not Lewis. I've always thought of myself more as a Cornelius. I'm like, is that how it's names really work? Stupid. Can you just do that? We're going re- to rename a 12 year old. It's like it's a puppy who you got and like you can train them into a new name in six weeks. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. is a kid who's been answering to Lewis, but we need to change the names. The movie can happen cute kid but I hate your name and there's a montage of inventions in the coda there's a song called Little Wonders by Rob Thomas so my sister would have liked that my sister loves Rob Thomas in Matchbox 20 um, and I don't know Ethan you kind of talk about our songs what do you think of these little wonders these twists and turns of fate forgettable ba, 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 ba. these really small forgettable. Um, and then you know they buy them like an observatory because that's what every kid wants I guess This kid does, though, of course. And we see him starting to invent things, but not really. I will say this. In the scene where he meets his future dad, and they're going through all his inventions, he goes, this one's my favorite. This was our first invention. And I'm going, no bullshit. Your first invention was a peanut butter and jelly gun that didn't work (laughs) and still doesn't after 35 years, dad. You can figure out time travel. Why can't you figure out that? Um, And then we have the Walt Disney quote. And Ellie, I think you got a copy of the Walt Disney quote uh, as the film was ending. So do you have it?
1: Yep. Around here, however, we don't look backwards for very long. We keep moving forward, opening up new doors and doing new things because we're curious. And curiosity keeps leading us down new paths. And then it fades out to just have keep moving forward, Walt Disney.
2: Yeah. um, As the whole thing is an allegory for... Walt Disney, um, I was kind of okay with the film in that respect. Um, I don't really know where else to go with the end of the film. I felt like, it's going to sound weird, because I really didn't care for the film that much, but I felt it got out of Dodge a little bit too quick for me. I needed to see something more.
0: Yeah, it's an hour and 37 minute film, and it there are parts that could be cut and replaced to make it a bit longer. Dinosaur. How would you guys have felt if when he goes back to the past to see his mom, the mom's been replaced with the bowler hat guy? <laughs> <laughs> and that's like the final villain again. And it's just, I was never your mom. It was me, the bowler hat guy.
2: Or oh, Doris. I would... Oh, that would have been great. Was this actually a thing?
0: No, but no, how you would you can't... feel if they did that?
2: <laughs> well, the problem is, because this is from all time travel movies, so there could be a version of the bowler hat guy. It's like when you see Doctor Who and he's working yeah. reverse with, with uh, River Song. And you don't know which version of him. They have to always get their notebooks out and compare where they are in their respective timelines. It's like, it could be a bowler Hat guy from 45 minutes before we see him for the first time in the film. So he could go back and be screwing around and doing all this stuff. We don't know. And that's, again, time travel movies are hard because you could do anything you want. That's why they go badly when you mess with them all the time. So that was... That was that. That was Meet the Robinsons. Yay. Um, I don't know. Let's go through the usual stuff here in the endgame. I, I think I'm going to from, from um, Andrew. We didn't give him much time. Bless him. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, we got lots of good stuff from you for, for next week, though, for um, Haunted Mansion, assuming Georgia ever returns to uh, dry land. Um, she's stuck in the past. She's stuck in the past. There you go. <laughs> um, So, Ethan, do, do you know anything about, about the park's presence in Meet the Robinsons?
0: I did, like, a bit of a quick Google. Um, there's not loads. They'd have, like, a couple costume characters of, like, the bowler hat guy and Wilbur and Lewis, and they look pretty good. It's just they're only shown every so often at these things called fan days, and it was just where annual pass holders could go in for, like, a special day and meet some characters they don't usually yeah, see. I think can... that, there's not much. Um, I know, like, the world that... The future set in is called Todayland, which I'm assuming is kind of a reference to Tomorrowland, which yeah. is a big Disney side of Magic Kingdom. But th- yeah, there's not there's not really much of a presence here. Like with um, Oliver and Company, this one's, this one's forgotten.
2: Yeah, I think it's – I mean I can't think of any characters I'd really want to see that badly. I mean the most interesting character in the, in the thing, I, I hate to say it, it's Boulder Hat Guy.
0: Yeah, Bola Hat guy feels like a first attempt at Doofenshmirtz from Phineas and
2: Ferb. That's not, like a, that's not a bad shout at all. No, no, that's that's, yeah, that's really good. He's got
0: that whole like hunched over nose, and he's like one like Jamaican accent away from being like you ruined my life. Like it's got that whole thing. I'm expecting him to be like, oh, my birth was 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 terrible. Neither of my parents showed up. It's that same level of of thing. Yeah,
2: it could, it could, yeah. Uh. It was, but he's the most memorable guy. I mean, I don't even know what you do yeah. for a ride. I guess you do some sort of four D thing with video screens and kind of look. We've we've gone back in the past. Oh no, we're gonna go fix it. Oh, we used to do this, and we're and it's fixed. Oh no, the giant hat's chasing us, and you just kind of the, the seats are moving around in response to yeah. To, but I mean, am I queuing for that ride? Heck no, no. If
0: someone's no like, way. Do you want to no, go on rubbish. the Meet the Robinsons ride?
2: No, no, no. Um. So um. Let's talk about the usual stuff then. Uh, the role of women in this film. Drugs. Yeah. I do like the bit where the mum has got a bruise on her head and she just goes, it's just a bruise. It's okay. And she's allowed to be shown a little bit damaged. I thought for 2007, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, we see a dad who's not present, but that's because the movie needs him to be an enigma. We see a mum yeah. who's allowed to be the mom.
1: Um, you've got the the scientist lady mum, so Laurie Metcalf's character. Um, she's obviously highly intelligent, so kind of portraying women as being just as clever as men in that regard. Although she is absolutely nuts. <gasps> and when a woman's clever, though, she fascinated. has to be.
2: She has to be crazy and kooky. Yeah. The men who are intelligent get to be just intelligent men.
1: Yeah, like the nice teacher.
2: The nice Mustache nerdy guy. teacher, but also like. Like the, the, su- the, the successful version we see, actually, we see crazy woman who adopts Ar- Lewis, I almost want about Arthur, who adopts Lewis, <laughs> but then we also see he marries like another crazy woman in whatever her name was. Franny? Fr- Franny, yeah. She, I only know that another crazy woman, though.
0: Yeah, I only know that because she's voiced by, the, the kid version is voiced by Toph from Avatar The Last Airbender, and oh, that okay. blew my mind.
2: <laughs> uh, but yeah, outside of that, I don't, I don't really know. There's not much. There's not much to go off. I mean, to be fair, the no. film's prime is like eighty percent Lewis, fifteen percent Wilbur and um, bowler hat guy, and then just five percent random sound bites. Yeah. Um, favorite character. This might be a stretch. Favorite character in the in, in the film. Uh, Ellie, you want to start off? I
1: think I've made mine very clear already. I love Goop, but not not bowler hat guy. Just Goop.
2: Oh, so child Goop. Yeah. Okay. I think
1: he's really, really funny. I love the bit where he, he swaps his juice for the coffee and goes like, Oh, that's good Joe or something. Um I just thought he had really funny little quips and I enjoyed him at his steak. <laughs>
0: uh Ethan. I'm gonna go bowler hat guy, because he had like the consist like he had consistency in how pathetic he was and I found I, I chuckled a bit at like at his misfortune. And I think it's because it reminds me of the Doofenshmirtz stuff, but, like, there's not really a memorable character outside of that. Lewis Ugh. is kind of annoying. Wilbur sucks.
2: Wilbur sucks. And
0: all the the side characters have really poorly underdeveloped, like, bar that one fight scene, but...
2: Yeah, you're right. I'm going to go, and it's the best of a bad lot. It's the least offensive of a bad lot. I'm going to go for Discount Ben, the robot. <laughs> um, wow! I found him to be funny enough. Funny What's his enough.
1: Name? I don't know. That says Carl. a lot, doesn't it? What? Oh, yeah, it is. I think it's
2: Carl. Yeah. Carl. Okay. Uh, Carl. Um, I found him to be funny enough. I found him to get a lot of one-liners back on Wilbur, which was important because I hated Wilbur, so I didn't mind him as a as a counterpoint to that. Uh, also, is one of the few characters who was in on everything. I liked him as the negative soundboard on that. He was all right, although the movie then tells him Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty accurate description of my feelings of the movie. Um the, the the movie then says, you know, you're done here and he goes, Okay, I'm done here, and that's about it. And he kinda of disappears fifteen minutes ago. So um there is that. So I guess he wins that one for me. It's not a long I-, I did like the woman who runs the orphanage in her limited role.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Uh, Angela Bassett's character. Yeah, she was nice. She was good. Uh, I just felt that she didn't really have anything to do. Uh, favorite... This is going to be difficult. Favorite moment or element of the film? Ellie.
1: Um, I really like the way that they handle the bits about adoption and different different motives for it and kind of not just taking what you have experienced as given and how, you know, there might have been reasons behind it and stuff like that. And also the way that it's dealt with throughout the movie. So when... Um, when they offer to adopt him and how happy he is. And then when he actually gets adopted at the end and when Goob gets adopted and just like kind of that running theme of adoption throughout it in a bit more of a positive light than we're used to in movies
2: probably. Can I challenge that a little bit? Yeah. Okay. Because in the, uh, in, in the framework of the uh, Mm -hmm. adoption agency, you know, theoretically we've seen 184 plus because there's an extra montage of people who show up and just have the worst ideas about what it means to be a parent. <laughs> what sport do you like? No, I can't have him. And they get out of the door and they go, oh, our kid's unreasonable. We can never take that kid home. And it's 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 just the worst side of it. To so, be
1: fair, he did nearly kill him.
2: I, I get that. But it was like, it's a kid who's just trying to impress, isn't he? he
1: had yeah, to. And
2: I know it's a kid's movie, but you have to go, okay, these adults need to have actual real adult. If she went, look, he's just too dangerous to have around. That's a bit better yeah. than the cartoony version we had of this. Or you know, he's just a little bit too free spirit. Or we're not—it's just, it's just not a match. He's not the kind of kid we're looking for. And yeah. sort of the deconstruction of this idea that they're kind of looking for kids the way people go looking for pets. Yeah. As opposed to something, and then he just happens to luck into these two families who just want to adopt him, who aren't even looking to adopt. And it was a really strange idea. That but happens the formal out of nowhere. Yeah. In both situations, it happens out yeah. of nowhere. Yeah. So, I uh, I mean, at least it was nice to know it was a payoff a second time by going, no, we can't adopt you. A, because, you know, your mo- the, the woman who you're calling mom is going to be your wife, and that's weird enough in itself. <laughs> but also the fact that we know who does adopt you, and they're sitting right over there. They live as part of this house, this complex we have. And there was the one tip-off where the old guy says, I'll see you, son. Yeah. And we get that payoff, and that was uh, that was all right. That was all right. Um, okay, so Ethan, your favorite moment or element?
0: I like how Hanna Barbera esque this is. I wouldn't mind if this movie got turned into like a Disney Plus cartoon show, where it's just a day in the life of the Robinson household, where they now, do like wacky stuff.
2: Now I know Hanna Barbera as being like the Scooby Doo franchise. Yeah,
0: like those Scooby-Doo, characters are there. Is there anything
2: else that's yeah. in there? What else is? What else is Hanna Barbera?
0: Uh, Hanna Barbera. Well, I always include it into like you know uh, Cartoon Network too, so it's also like you know uh, Flintstones. Oh, Flintstones! Sorry, uh, yeah, yeah, Flintstones uh, and Jetsons, Jetsons, Jetsons yeah. uh, all that kind of they're stuff. They're all like, right? Um, Johnny, Johnny Bravo, all that kind of sort of era okay. thing like that. I wouldn't mind them doing like some kind of cartoon like that because I I like the vibe. That scene where they're going through and meeting all the characters, go, oh, that'd be great if that was. It's own thing oh. Bring that back, turn it into like A kind of well animated Show where you have like 20 minute Segments for kids and sure. adults can enjoy The jokes, kind of like how they've done the new DuckTales maybe, I'm sure there's a market for that
2: Maybe in a TV series, sure, in, in the film it felt yeah. like such a drastic Tonal shift, I was like, yeah. what is this?
0: Because they didn't have enough time to develop Them, so you no, give that so like you a, had 20, th- a 20 Minute like TV spot, you can actually Learn yeah. to appreciate the wacky hijinks that Yeah, you I'd agree were.
2: with that Favorite moment? I don't know if I have one. Um, Favorite element? Um, I there were some moments. There were some moments I liked. There were some little quips. There were some one-off jokes. The cup of Joe, I liked that. The look behind you, I liked that. I'll, I'll give you this. I'll give you this. The bits about Goob slash Boulder Hat story that they got right, I thought were really good. Yeah, those moments were few and far between. But the bits that they liked, I felt they landed, and it's the character I most wanted to care about. Both iterations. Even when I didn't know they were the same one, I figured it out pretty quickly. Uh, I went, I kind of like this character. The bit where he tells the backstory, and he's holding up, it was very Heinz Doofenshmirtz, and he's holding up, yeah. and he's narrating his back quest, much like Heinz Du, Very good observation there, my friend. Uh, th- th- <laughs> those parts did make me laugh. The idea that he's so confident, and almost he's aware in the story that he's got a camera on him, and he's like almost mugging off for the camera quite yeah thought that was all right uh but that's really digging pretty hard to find something in a film that i didn't hate just a film that i kind of went hmm. um little little forget little wonders how about these little grumbles <laughs> uh, the, the things that you did hate uh ellie let's start with
1: you um well, i mean predominantly the fact that i thought the film actually started off quite well and then it just went completely downhill um the, probably the T Rex scene would be the biggest grumble because it just didn't. It was so unnecessary. Um, I, I think that could have just been completely cut. Really. Yep. All
0: right, we'll it's agree. bizarre to me that that was the scene they added in post to go. Oh, we'll make that'll make this better.
2: Oh yeah. I think they probably wanted more time travel. And they went, yeah. what's the way we can do this without taking them out of Todayland?
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Which, but... is a, which,
2: which is a fun pun on Tomorrowland, the more I think about it. Because this is yeah. tomorrow, so therefore it would be today. But I think, yeah, I, I, I hear you on that. This doesn't work. Doesn't work. Ethan?
0: No. Um, For a film that is an hour and 40 minutes long, it does not deserve this runtime. There are so many things mm-hmm. you can cut, you should cut, and <sighs> replace because this, the pacing is really all well over the place. As a kid, I didn't care because it was set piece to set piece. But yeah, there is so much exposition that can be done in better ways. And like Ellie said, that dinosaur scene doesn't need to be there. Do it with anything else. There is a third act that is missing in this film. This it goes act one, act two, and then end. What well, goes act one, act Conclusion
2: two, ch- chasing? It's not really a, It's not really an act. Yeah. It's just kind of yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, uh, I'm going to kind of bounce this It's the story, the story of a script, whatever you want to call it in this. is just a hot mess. Um, they don't know where they're going. Things are just thrown in there uh, for the sake of uh, being what's called random or absurdist, whatever you want to call it. Um, there are times when that can be very funny if done correctly. There which- were
1: so many bits in this that were just there to be random, like the woodchuck on on the yeah. old guy's arm. Yeah. Like, what?
2: Yeah, it was just it was just elements where you're going. Um, in, in order to do that and pull that off, there has to be some heart to the rest of it, or it can't just be something you depend on over and over and over and over again. It's like they took a look at Family Guy and went, "Let's mimic this style, but let's do it for a Disney audience." Again, something I think Phineas and Ferb does. I think it's exactly what Phineas and Ferb yeah. is because they have one of the lead writers on Phineas and Ferb, did work on Family Guy. but That
0: makes a lot of sense. Yeah, You know the worst part? I was torn between either bringing this to the table or bringing one of the Phineas and Ferb films, oh. and now I'm myself for not bringing a Phineas Well, at least,
2: and Ferb at, at least we know what there's like, like a background, and I'd be well up for doing that. Yeah. Um, and I think they went for that kind of vibe, but you have to earn it with characters you care about, even something like Family Guy. Like, you know about the characters, you know their motivations. And I didn't know these characters or their motivations. All I knew was they're all mm-hmm. really random. And the only character I kind day. of knew was uh, I knew Lewis and I kind of know Goob. Yeah. That's the way. Everything else was just kind of here are these quirky, wacky people and you learn about them after the fact. And you, I, I don't think you can do that. I think You have to learn about them and then you get to have them fleshed out with these random bits so that when you throw to something like, you know, if the first time you meet Peter Griffin, he's beating up a chicken. <laughs> that's not, that's not, uh, that, 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 that's, you, you can't do that in episode one. You have to wait. Yeah. And so bringing a T-Rex into the middle of, like, a regular dinner party where, like, it's breaking down doors and falling off of a train's going into a ravine. It's climbing up the thing. And it's like, no, no, don't eat it. Let alone the fact that when they take the hat off its head, the T-Rex turns into, like, a toddler. <laughs> yeah, it's, but like, shouldn't in the it, fetus position and everything. Shouldn't it go back to, like, being, like, just a savage T-Rex that you can't control?
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah. Why did he need the
0: hat for that? He could have um, just stormed in anyway. Well, I guess
2: it's just the idea that you can control and say that, that way it's not going to attack you. And it's not going to eat him. It will just grab him. But I'm just like, this is just stupid.
0: If this was the Meet the Robinsons TV show, that would be like the finale when it's like, wow! We've gotten into such wacky things today, Wilbur.
2: I... I, the more I say it, I, I really prefer this as a TV show. I think you're right. Actually, I, actually I'd be well up. I, I, I might even watch it if it was a TV show, and you could yeah. give me a chance yeah, to flesh so. these out. Uh, I got I mean, a couple, probably
1: not any more, but I would have done as a kid.
2: Yeah, i got a couple more reviews here, if I may. Uh, Derek Adams from Time Out says, The first 20 minutes of this competently animated kids' adventure are entertaining enough, but thereafter the plot fractures, the pace goes into overdrive, and the jokes wear thin. Ooh. Richard Roper of Ebert and Roper at the Movies said, when you see this loony... Sorry, let me rephrase that. Whether you see this loony feel-good comedy in 3D or in regular vision, it's a lot of fun. Ooh. Don't know about that, Richard. Uh, and then finally, Peter T. Chattaway of Christianity Today said, oh there is God. a strong... I'm going to say it. <laughs> It's just a magazine. Peter T. Chathaway of Christianity Today says, there is a strong sense around Meet the Robinsons that the folks at Disney are trying to find their bearings, which leaves the film itself looking kind of lost. And I totally agree with that by Mr. Chathaway. Yeah. Well done there. I think the film does feel kind of lost and doesn't know... This is the biggest problem. The film doesn't know what it wants to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's just time for our ratings now. So, uh, let's remind everybody of kind of where we are at. This is our 23rd Disney animated classic that we have looked at. The list's getting kind of long, but here we go. In Order of when, how we've reviewed them. We have looked at Frozen, Mulan, Pocahontas, Lady and the Tramp, The Three Caballeros, Sword in the Stone, Wreck-It Ralph, Treasure Planet, Aladdin, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, 101 Dalmatians, Alice in Wonderland, The Wild, The Princess and the Frog, Frozen 2, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, Dumbo, Lilo and Stitch, Bambi, Robin Hood, Moana, Oliver and Company, and Meet the Robinsons. So, one being the best, 23 being the worst. Ellie where? have you placed... Meet the Robinsons?
1: I've renumbered this twice already um, and it keeps keeps slipping down. Um, I've put it at number 20. 20? Yeah, so this is Below the Sword and Stone and Above the Wild. Can you,
2: can you name, actually, your, your, your bottom, because this is better oh, Europe no, no, only better than your only better than three gonna, films.
1: People are going to start hating on me because one of the ones, that's the ones that's in the bottom three.
2: Okay, so what, what, oh, what, no. what are your bottom three, out of curiosity? Three films, so these three films, everybody, are what Ellie says are worse <laughs> than Meet the Robinsons.
1: <laughs> I don't want to say
2: they,
1: nope. uh, <laughs> the, the wild okay yep. um, <laughs> please don't hate me it? alice in wonderland
2: alice in wonderland okay. <laughs> and
1: and three caballeros
2: okay so there we go so i think i think <laughs> i don't think it should be the three caballeros fan community that's gonna get up in arms no. <laughs> nor do i think it's Surprise. the
0: wild that's got a that's got a giant
1: stand
2: community now
0: because the disney plus show
2: uh, okay excellent yeah. uh so ethan uh where do you have meet the robinsons this is a lot lower than i was expecting okay um this is number 15 One five. okay 15. yeah the burger
0: king footless number um that is below oliver and company and above lady in the tramp
2: below oliver and Company, so you're splitting a couple of dog movies with a dinosaur i'm, movie. I'm
0: splitting some dogs with a dinosaur yeah. oh we
2: still got another dinosaur movie we gotta do at some point too so yes oh god don't remind me i know so 15 you say huh yeah all right let's take a look at mine where do i have it i have this film at 18 i have it above uh above the adventures of ichabod and mr toad but i have it below alice in wonderland (laughs) (laughs) so yeah um i kind of asked myself is this a bad film and i wouldn't say it's a bad film it's incompetent is what it is there's some there's some specks of
0: goodness in here but it's yeah it's bogged down
2: film doesn't I, I think that's what he said the film doesn't know what it wants to be yeah and i feel as a result you took a story that i really could actually if you, honestly if you take out that that t-rex section take away the mini hat and that side plot of the mini plat <laughs> mini plat mini hat and go back to just And then maybe now you've found 10 minutes you can do a third act with now if you got rid of that stupid middle bit. And all of a sudden now I've got a film that doesn't – because it jumps the shark. (laughs) Strange comment here. It jumps the shark when you have to have the little hat on the dinosaur and the meatball gun. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Um, And that part, I think from the food fight to there, I really struggle with. And you can do the dinner. You can still have that. Have it go a different way. You can include the meatball cannon if you need to. I think the meatball cannon only exists as the way to explain how to get the hat off a dinosaur. But get rid of that and then let something else happen. Because I feel that really train joke not intended derails the film. And I don't know. It gives you opportunities. Because up until that point, I didn't like the movie a huge amount. But I, but I was on board with the story you're telling me. I'm like, okay, I, I feel what I'm supposed to feel here. Here's a kid who doesn't have a family. You have this giant wacky family. You've got this sort of conflict within. Yeah, um, There's something going on. What could it be? And maybe then you have the opportunity to not have to get out of Dodge instantly. And just up feels like then, feels like we're out of time. Throw to the Walt Disney quote.
0: Up until then, it's like a solid five, six out of ten film. And then
2: it plummets. Yeah. I, I I think if it was a if it was a number, I'm probably gonna go five. Yeah, like, it's, it doesn't enu- it does enough to get a pass,
0: just yeah. enough. Yeah, it's a film, but it's it's not one that you're like, oh yeah, meet the
2: Robinsons. I recommend. Someone said meet the Robinsons. I don't think I'm going. Sucks, but yeah. I'm but I'm not going. Oh yeah, I'm just kind of going. Yeah, yeah, it's all right if you haven't seen it.
0: As a comp- this is a C minus on like the report card of Disney films.
2: Yeah, I, I'm just like just i might be generous uh, i don't know what a pass is i guess a, is a pass a c Jeez, in canada a pass, yeah, canada passes a d so wow uh yeah yeah you just have to get
0: 50 For it's 40 so oh I guess 40? Passes, yeah.
2: yeah so canada 50 percent. so it's kind of that it feels like that kind of a thing like 50 plus percent plus one mark it's what this feels like this gets yeah um if you're a completionist i'm like yeah by all means go see this one if you haven't seen it yeah search it out just to say that you've seen it uh, I wouldn't say that about the wild. If you haven't seen the wild, just don't bother. <laughs> just don't bother. Okay, but but this one, no, go go see it. I mean, yeah, it's it's there. It's Disney Plus. If you already have Disney Plus, it's not costing you anything. Go ahead and watch the film. Um, just don't be expecting greatness. That's all. So we've had a couple of kind of uh middling middling reviews to this point, and it means next week we will be tackling Haunted Mansion. We're put Haunted Mansion is still on the docket.
0: Wait, we're doing The Haunted Mansion? This is new news to yes, me. Yes,
2: <laughs> doing Haunted Mansion. Uh, a little bit after Halloween, but that's okay. It was going to be after Halloween for this week if it came out anyway. So a mm-hmm. little bit afterwards, our second Eddie Murphy film on Talking to Mickey.
0: Hey, after, episode,
2: after Episode 2, Mulan. Yes, your first one because it was all the way back in Episode 2 that we did Eddie Murphy for the first time. Um, and I'm interested in seeing how it goes on. We got lots of information from Andrew Ashevsky. So please join us next week when we go ahead and tackle Eddie Murphy in The Haunted Mansion. For Talking the Mickey, my name's Ian.
1: My name's Ellie.
2: And I've been Ethan. And just as a reminder to the two of you and anybody else there listening out there, if you are in doubt of anything I am doing, I want to remind you I'm always right. Even when I'm wrong, I'm right. I'll see you next time. Hashtag Ian is wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, come, that was a bit of an up and down, wasn't it? Let's try that again. <laughs>
1: wow! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: wow! 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 Okay. Mm. <laughs> hey, oh jeez. Drink or something? I don't know.
1: I think you're milking this for the coda.
2: <laughs> I'm really not.
0: It sounds like uh, mm. Crash Bandicoot whenever he's he like,
2: "Wow!" <laughs> <laughs> I'm sold. So that's even too too new of a reference. I really didn't get into Crash Bandicoot.
0: Oh, it's so good.
2: I can get a PlayStation 1 until years later. Ooh. It's not a bad film, Ethan. Just just a film. Yeah. And we had to get it's through one it. of those
0: ones we had to get through. We had to get through
2: yeah. it, so I don't really... Re- George is getting off really easy by missing some of these ones. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.